0: This is Pete Jones, and you are listening to the Dragons Are Real podcast. Episode 2, Dungeons & Dragons, Homes Edition. So as I said last episode, the original Dungeons & Dragons was released in 1974, and at this time Gary Gygax was preparing his new set of rules, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, which he had written out as rough notes. The plans in those days was to phase out the basic set when he released his new set of rules. But TSR realised back then that the original basic set which uh, which were first released, uh, although it was a good reference set, did not teach the game to new entrants into the hobby. So as uh, Gygax said in Dragon Magazine, they were determined to revise the whole of D&D in order to clean up the errors and fill in the holes. At the same time, Professor J. Eric Holmes was playing the original game, but he told his son someone should write a beginner's guide to D&D. Anyway, the two of them corresponded and Holmes volunteered to do a basic set for Gygax and they were going to be designed as an introduction to role-playing and to the advanced rules. The idea was to rewrite and restructure the rules to make them more playable. The source material was the original Three Little Brown Books and the Greyhawk Supplement and Holmes' version of Dungeons & Dragons was released in 1977. In the introduction it says, Players who desire to go beyond the basic game are directed to the advanced Dungeons & Dragons books. References are made throughout the rules to see Advanced Dungeons & Dragons for further expansion, although at this point they had not been released. The Holmes edition box set initially came with the module B1 in Search of the Unknown. This was later changed to B2 The Keep on the Borderlands. The basic rules, unlike their predecessors, only catered for levels 1 to 3. The previous classes of fighting men, magic users and clerics was kept, and they also added the thieves class from the Greyhawk supplement. Hit points were also changed from D6 for all classes to polyhedral dice, so that fighting men started with a D8, magic users and thieves with a D4, and clerics with a D6. In the early print runs, the halflings were initially called hobbits, but this was later changed to the more common halflings, probably for copyright reasons. There was also a slight change to alignment, now with lawful, good or evil, neutral or chaotic good or evil, from the previous lawful, neutral or chaotic. Holmes also provided a handy diagram to assist the players with some example monsters on it. Another change to the rules was that player now rolled their 3d6 for the six attributes as opposed to the referee. There was also slight changes to the penalties and bonuses for the mobilities. And another big change was Dexterity was now used for initiative with highest decks going first. This is probably Holmes' idea and was based on his wargaming background. Holmes also tidied up the tables to make them more readable. Also added for the first time was the option to alter rolled ability scores. And this was done by either reducing the strength, intelligence and wisdom by two or four points depending on class and increasing the prime requisite by one. However, dexterity, charisma and constitution could never be lowered. Additional spells from Greyhawk were used. There were only three levels of spells to coincide with the three levels of character development. By far the biggest change to this edition was combat. It had now moved away from chainmail, which was no longer a requirement, and they described how combat worked in quite some detail, which was a bigger mission from the previous three little brown books. There was no chaser of damage, which was still D6 base, although variable damage was included in the Greyhawk supplement, it didn't transpose to this edition. However, when they replaced the searches of the unknown module with keeping the borderlands, this contained a chart which had variable weapon damage on it. The rules also added an option for the defending player to use parry. If a parry was declared, this would subtract two from the attacker's roll, but the defender would lose their next attack. Another strange one in the rules, which must have come from Holmes because it's not in the original rules, is to do with daggers. All weapons are stated to do a d6 damage, but for some reason, Holmes allowed daggers to make two attacks per round. And also it states that large weapons like two-handed swords would attack every other round. So, you would have the two handed swordsman attacking every other round causing d6 damage, and you'd have somebody armed with a dagger doing two attacks per round, which would be two d6 worth of damage in total. Interestingly enough, as well, um, 4 d20s were obviously not common back in 1977, because the rules explain that a uh, 20 sided dice has two faces, each numbered 0 to 9, and Holmes recommends that one side is coloured so that you can di- differentiate between 1 to 10 and 11 to 20. Other attacks to combat were withdrawing from combat, this allowed the opponent to have a free strike, the option of surrendering, and advancing pursuing when you killed an opponent. The bestiary is very much similar to the original rules, and the lot of monsters in this book were far too hard for first to third level characters to fight. But Holmes said, you can't have a book called Dungeons and Dragons with no dragons in it. There were several other additions to the rules. Uh, The rules for movement was changed from inches to feet. Uh, Rules for traps were added. The use of light in dungeons and surprise. Another strange addition is the Wandering Monsters table, which is situated at the back of the book. This has many monsters listed in the table. However, you cannot find a description of them anywhere within the rules. There is also an example dungeon included at the back, the Dungeon of Zalopius, an abandoned dungeon from a mad wizard. This consisted of long corridors and big rooms. For example, there was one room, which is 120 foot long by 100 foot wide, with three goblins in it. Add to that the use of light and uh, you could have some problems for your characters there. It's a good introduction to dungeon delving for beginners and showcasing different monsters, traps, puzzles and treasures and what you could do. So in conclusion, there were three editions of Holmes Basic Rules and each edition had three print runs. So that's nine printings in total. There were some minor changes in the printings. For example, as I mentioned earlier, Hobbits in the first edition were changed to Halfling in third edition. The Wandering Monster table was also drastically changed in 3rd edition uh, because of the reason stated earlier is that a lot of the monsters in the 1st edition table were not included in the monsters section. I'll also include in the show notes some more uh, examples of changes between the different print editions. So, Holmes edition is a trip in nostalgia. Is it uh, the the rules to get to play Dungeons & Dragons? Probably not. I think you're better off waiting for later versions. However... Back in the day, if you bought the Holmes Rules and mastered them, you could access the original books and supplements as reference guides. They are better organised than the original rules, but there's still no major chapters and they're just bold headings, and it can still be quite confusing when you're reading them. Holmes was selling 4,000 copies a month, according to Gygax, and over a million copies of the basic set were sold, and this no doubt helped the spread of Dungeons & Dragons. There are very few differences between this and the original rules in terms of the mechanics, but they are more readable, and they are better organised. Unfortunately, TSR has not made available the original Holmes rules in PDF, unlike they did with the three little brown books. So my alternatives would be to get the Blue Home Prentice, which is the covers levels 1 to 3. That is £4.30 in paperback form. Or you could go for Blue Home Journeyman, which covers all the levels, levels 1 to 20. And that is tw- £21.50 in hardback or £12.50 in softcover. Both are available from Lulu, and I will leave details in the show notes. You've been listening to the Dragons Are Real podcast. You can contact me by leaving a message via the Anchor app, or visit the podcast website, petejones.neocity.org, or on OSR Anchorites at the AudioVengin Discord thanks for listening the opening music is siesta by jazar the closing music is controlled distress by bizbuzz studio